It's time to get your morning started with the news you need to know. News update. This is what's trending with DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. It's a good team win. I feel like we really stepped up, especially from last game. We didn't get the results we wanted, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think we did an amazing job holding them to 37 in the first half, 34 in the second. That was a big emphasis going into this game. I think we did a really good job of it. Osborne in the post, puts the shot up, no good. Tip to Brown, Brown at the three. Yes! It's the three. What a shot. This place has gone nuts. 64-58. BYU and Utah State both take down nationally ranked teams at home. The Cougars beat 11th ranked Baylor, 78-71. Ali Khalifa leading the way with 14 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. And the Aggies beat 19th-ranked San Diego State, 68-63. Great Osibor with 17.7 rebounds, 7 assists. PK, raucous atmospheres, big wins. What more could local fans ask for? So it's funny this time of year because these are big games and they both won. It's a great environment. And then in a month, they're all going to be sad. <laughs> Put 68 teams in the tournament and 67 of them are going home with a loss. Yeah. And so they're going to be, it's, and it's so abrupt, you know, you're on such uh, such a high, and they were last night, and it was fun for them to be all excited and, and beating ranked teams, and you couldn't ask for more, and, and you had the night, there was no NBA, so outside of uh, Creighton beating UConn, you know, these two teams uh, winning, you can argue, were the best wins in the country, and it's a big, big deal, and then you know it in, in just about a month, if not less. It's going to come crashing down. Yep. But it was great for that night. Sure. Hope springs eternal. No doubt about it. It was great. Even if there's a whole format here designed to slap down a bunch of really good teams. Yeah. It's just uh, what what level, you know. Obviously, oh, yeah. if these two teams lose in the first round, it would be a bitter disappointment. Sure. San Diego State got all the way to the title game and lost it last year. But that's Still end on a loss. That's not a bitter disappointment. No, it's not. No, it's not. And a game you referenced, 15th-ranked Creighton blew out number one UConn, 85-66. Former Utah State guard Stephen Ashworth, 20 points, hit a bunch of three-pointers in that game. One of them was really deep, and he was screaming at the crowd and having a good time himself. Think he would have stayed if he would have known this good? That's an excellent question. You know, it's the Zero the, points coming back, and don't be the last guy left. Well, I love your fandom. What? Cash, buddy, cash. Oh, well, that's why you go. Yeah. Creighton's put the overarching incentive. They could have had 5,000 points coming back. He was going to get paid more to go, go there. To Creighton, yep. <laughs> DJ PK. Hashtag NBA. I've seen the trend for years. What's the trend? The trend is always making excuses. Get Doc, we get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard. It's hard. We get it. Just like getting traded in the middle of the season is hard for a player. We get it. Mm-hmm. But it's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. They lose to Memphis. Oh, it's his players. Memphis was playing G League guys and two-way guys. And then you look at his quotes over the weekend. Now he wants to take credit for the James Harden trade to the Clippers working out. He wants credit for that. There's just no. There's never accountability with that guy. Well, there's never good. accountability. That's JJ Redick criticizing his former coach Doc Rivers. Patrick Beverly has pushed back. 
Two ex-players now in the media. How good a job is Doc doing? The man Doc actually saved your career, started you when no one else wanted to, and you retired to go on TV and say that. Have at it, guys. Patrick Beverly is now in the media? Yeah, can you believe it? Well, yeah, I think he is. Bunch of podcasts and whatnot, yeah. yeah. Oh, then the world is in the media then. Yes. Will Doc get the Bucks together? Or will people just argue back and forth and they'll struggle on? I mean, I consider a player who's an active player. Isn't he still an active player? I don't think they're in the media. But, yeah. Doc's lost 7 out of 10. Why can't they win in Milwaukee? They've got a couple of stars. Why can't they pull it together? This is February. Brooklyn Nets GM Sean Marks said yesterday the decision to fire head coach Jacques Vaughn was not because of a single event. When asked for specifics on what led to Vaughn's firing, Marks pointed to a lack of energy and effort plays that equate to winning basketball that interim coach Kevin Ollie will hope to instill. The Nets currently 11th in the East, 12 games under 500. Haven't done much in the 15 years since Jason Quid, Jason Kidd led them to the best run of their existence. At least their NBA existence. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Atlanta Falcons are looking for a quarterback. They're looking for a long-term starter. Their GM, Terry Fontenot, says prioritizing the quarterback position and finding the solution is their number one goal now. Desmond Ritter's been the starter there, but he's not long-term. So who's the guy? He says, we're not going to close any doors, be it trades, free agency, the draft. We'll make sure we keep an open mind there. We're going to attack it and make sure we get it right. Good goal, often easier said than done. Missouri prosecutors said yesterday two adults have been charged with murder in last week's mass shooting that killed one person and injured 22 others near the end of the Chiefs' Super Bowl parade. These arrests are in addition to the two juveniles taken into custody at the scene. Patriot special teams ace Matthew Slater is retired after 16 years in the NFL and a record 10 Pro Bowl appearances. Bill Belichick called Slater the best special teams player in NFL history. Said he felt fortunate to coach players who he believed were the greatest offensive player ever, Tom Brady, and the greatest defensive player ever, Lawrence Taylor, and special teams player Slater. In the history of the game, he's had the best. I guess we can argue about offensive and defensive players, but can you argue about a special teams player, PK? Who is it? <laughs> Matthew Slater. Oh. No. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Do they transfer more than they did 10 years ago? Yes. Do they transfer more than their peers who aren't student athletes? No. One of the things I hear from kids when I talk to them about this issue is coaches walk out on their contracts. What about us? It's been three, four years now that the NCAA has been asking Congress for help. What's plan B if Congress doesn't help? I do think some of these issues Congress will need to deal with at some point just to create clarity. Um, there, there really isn't a path forward here. Even if you go, even if the court decisions are only permanent for as long as someone doesn't challenge one of them, right? So even if you head down that road, at the end, you're still going to need something 
to get done somewhere along the lines that actually says this is how this framework should work. And that's got to come. That's ultimately got to come from Congress. That's NCAA President Charlie Baker looking for congressional help. In the meantime, players will be transferring sometimes every year. Like coaches walk out on their contracts. What about us? Doesn't seem like anything is changing. Coaches and players will be moving. Congress doesn't seem in a hurry to do anything. So this is this is the way college sports works for the foreseeable future. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Boston Red Sox standout Rafael Devers expressed frustration about the franchise not making moves to improve the roster. They need to make an adjustment to help us players to be in a better position to win. We as players want to win. I think we need I think we need to make an adjustment to help us win. They need to be conscious of what the team's weaknesses are and what we need. More pitching, PK. More hitting and more fielding, and then you got it. That's it. That's all that's left. That'll cover everything. The Red Sox not really a factor last year under 500. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. I think people are, are really fired up for it. It's obviously exciting to get the season going again. And I think, you know, the opponents given everyone a little bit of extra motivation for sure. RSL opens the season tonight at Miami. Messy and friends. RSL was really good on the road last year. There is uh, a change about new systems and all that, and younger guys getting bigger roles. Diego Luna, more is expected out of him, more expected out of uh, Andres Gomez. Pablo Ruiz will be back. He was injured at the end of last season. But his knee's better, and he is expected to start uh, in the number 10 role. Won't stay there, but until Matt Crooks is able to play, he'll be the number number 10. 10 role. Number 10 roll. You are in the middle of the field, in the attack, underneath the goal score. Everything runs through you. It's a niche sport, buddy. Don't assume people know what you're talking about. Pre-game at 5. Game kicks off tonight at 6. You can listen to it here on The Zone. What is trending? There it is. Coming up, Tim Lacombe's going to join us at 8.30. Talk about the big basketball wins. The question of the day is next. For all you Aggie and Cougar fans, stay with us. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present... This is JJ and Alex. Joining us right now, collegefootballnews.com, he is Pete Futak. Pete, what's going on, man? Give me the superpower team you're really freaked out about in the Big 12. There isn't one, which is why, you know, Utah is probably one of the favorites right now. Arizona is one of the favorites, Oklahoma State. One of those teams is going to get in the college football playoff. So it's just going to make the regular season that much bigger because now it's not just up to a panel of judges to come up with four teams. Top five ranked conference champions get in, seven at large. It's fine. You know, throw a little cookie to the group of five program champions, and they get their say in there. And then you get other teams, you know, who like an FSU of last year, might get their moment and get in the playoff and, you know, do what they can do. It's just going to make suburbs that much bigger. Catch JJ and Alex afternoons from 3 to 6. Presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. Hot Takes of Toast brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen with 30 years of serving Utah. All-star break, almost over. Jazz will play tomorrow night. 
What is your level of patience for the Jazz rebuild? Question of the morning. And fans are all over the board on this. Gary, my patience is like a gift card balance. I never know how much is left until I try to use it. Eric, he knows exactly how much is left. It's hard to stay invested when the front office makes moves specifically to make the team lose more games. Not a big fan of the moves at the trade deadline. I can buy that, yeah. I mean, you you think that the goal is to win when it's not the short-term goal. It's more of the long-term goal. So in the short term, you have a level of frustration because this is a team that Maybe could have been in the playoff. And maybe it still can be. You can't completely rule it out mathematically for sure. They've got plenty of opportunities to get back in. But I think there's no question that the team isn't as good as it was right before the trades. John, we had winning players and chemistry with Olenek and Fontecchio. Now, they are fun to watch. They weren't going to be champs, but they were a great product. They weren't fun to watch or they were fun to watch and now they're not fun to watch? What is he saying? Now they aren't fun to watch. Oh, okay. He's saying they weren't going to be champs, but they were a great product. I mean, that game, uh, the last game before the break was pretty fun to watch. That was entertaining against the Warriors, yes. Yeah. So. Hmm. Scott says it's going to take a while. Hopefully, there are some fun moments in the meantime. Well, you can have fun moments, but that doesn't necessarily equal winning moments. And what's your definition of fun? In order to have fun, do you have to win? For some people, the answer is yes. And for them, there's going to not be necessarily as many moments. Now, you can still have fun. We just cited the very most recent game. Well, they didn't win that ball game, but it was certainly, from my perspective, a fun game to watch. Uh, and the final analysis for me, though, whether you win or lose has no bearing on my life whatsoever. It, it used to be when I was younger and trying to make my mark in radio, I passionately rooted for those teams to win. Well, it doesn't matter anymore. The facts are, it just doesn't matter. I'm going to have a job either way. So when I was rooting for them to win, it was completely and totally self-serving. Although, I have to say, Ingles helped me blur those lines. I became a, more of a fan at that time. Uh, it was a short, when you think about it, you know, compared to the statues, it was a short run. Uh, now, you know, I want to see them win because my f- I've got neighbors and friends and so forth. And it's still more fun to talk about winning teams, but I don't really feel it personally. But if that's who you are, then you may not have as many good times if you define fun as winning. And I understand that. Some people want to see the stars. Some people want the competition and the thrill. Some people want the W's. And some people just want the W's at home when they're there. I find that interesting, that people get really revved up about that. The team maybe isn't good on the road. You know, this team obviously has had major struggles on the road. But if people go out for that night and win, I mean, we've seen we've seen the arena go nuts. Yeah, but that's and, just a singular time, though. I yeah. don't know if that's true. I would think that if you really want them to win, you want them to win, regardless of where they're playing. If you're a fan... You just say, well, I'm not going to the game, so I don't really care. I think you would have a hard time generating emotion while I'm going to the game, so I really care. Colin says, let's just say I regret spending money on Jazz Plus. I don't know what that's about, so I can't speak to that. I haven't spent any money. I don't buy anything. Nothing that's extra. So I don't have any subscriptions to any... uh, periodicals or any of that stuff. Uh, I just don't be... To me, there's no need. 
Pay for the cable or satellite, watch the games, and you're good yeah. to go. Well, it's, it's the same thing with news organizations. If the news is that big, it's going to show up for free. It's just the unfortunate situation. And then the editorials. Well, the editorials, I really know what you think before you write them. You've been writing the same ones, essentially, or you've been drawing the same cartoons, essentially, for 25 years. So I'll pass on that. <laughs> so I already know what you think. So there's really no point in that. And the latest hubbub that lasts a few days, to get all worked up and all blathered and lathered about it. And then next week, there'll be something else. <laughs> Chris says, I'm not worried about my patience. There's not much left. I'm more worried about Lowry and Keontae. Some legends are close to the end of their runs. It'd be nice if we filled that void. Well, what does that mean? If Keontae's a legend, he's... No, I think he's talking... That's how I read it at first, too. I think he's talking about the Warriors and the Lakers, and their stars are older, so be the team that fills the void, and instead it's Minnesota and Oklahoma City. Uh, you don't know about Jason it. Denver. You can't pretend... Uh, you can't know what's going to happen in three stuff. years in yeah. pro sports. You know, so you just got to... You got to do what you can do to build your team, to build your franchise, and I don't think that you are at that point where you're worrying about somebody else. You know, you can get it in the '80s. The Lakers would build for the Celtics, and then that little run in the '90s, the Jazz knew they had to watch out what the Bulls were doing. But that—that's very rare. You want to get in that position because that's awesome if you can get there for sure. What's your level of patience for the Jazz rebuild? And some people don't want to participate. Kevin, well, I guess if Danny wanted my opinion, he would call me. Danny Ainge just down the Brandon Jazz fans. Uh, you got some more no, patience? but if you're a fan, I... you have the right to voice your opinion. That's what this outlet is for. And it's one of the reasons why it's good. You can call us up. You can get on the on the whatever social media form you want to do. So your opinion no, I mean, I don't think they're going to be worried about that. The old line, if you're worried about the fans, the next thing you'll be sitting with them and all that stuff. But that's that's they're over there doing their thing. As fans, you have the uh, right, I believe. There's this youth fan uh, that has, I don't want to say come after me, but hit me up a couple times. Well, probably, I don't know, five, six, seven times over the years. And a guy is a hardcore fan. And I told him, I said, listen. As long as you sign your name to it, I want to hear from you. If you've got a criticism of me and you're not just going, uh, you're a jerk, I hope you die or something stupid like that. You have a, a valid point you want to make and you put your name to it, I will answer it. You can send me an email, I will answer it. If it's a valid thing, no, so I think that's where they do have... A right to, if you have put your time and money and your passion and your interest and all that stuff into it, I want to hear from those people. Not the dumb takes, but the realistic ones. And the, and it's not just some fake name, what have you. Well, Kevin put his name on this. He says it's kind of a silly question. Patience doesn't matter because we as fans have no recourse. If we lose patient, patience, we can't put the jazz management in a timeout like we can with children. I guess if you lose patience, you can stop being a jazz fan. Right. Kind of like, I'm taking my ball and going home. So he's just contradicting himself right but there. No, but nobody cares. That's not true. That is not true. One of the reasons Chris Hill made a change from Ron McBride and then obviously uh, Urban Meyer was mm. the declining interest in the program. 
Empty seats. Tickets not getting renewed. Yeah. And that's the thing with and the I Jazz. Think the same thing with Kristobiak. But the people that have opted out of the Jazz have always been been replaced by somebody else willing to buy the tickets. Okay. Well, that because they've won enough. They There's haven't gone on a 10-year playoff drought like the Suns. They haven't gone on a 14-year playoff drought like the Warriors or the Kings or the Clippers. They've never had that. Their worst stretch was they missed the playoffs five out of six years. And the one year they were in, they were, strep- they were uh, swept. That was their, their worst stretch. Okay, and that's not good. But it's nothing it's not compared 10. to the other ones. It's not 10. It does. It piles up. Having rooted for a team that's done that in another sport, it does. It feels like when you have eight, it doesn't feel like just one season. It feels like never. And then you have nine, it feels like never. Now, the truth is you're only two or three away, two, three years away from breaking it, but you, you can lose hope. Yeah, but you don't know. As you you don't know it. Right. You don't know it. I mean, you could be one pick away from breaking it, mm-hmm. uh, one one off season anyway, depending on what happens. I can tell you this: for ten years, nobody in the fam in Phoenix asked me if I could set them up when the Jazz came to town. Yeah, <laughs> got real quiet for that decade. This year, huh? three times. Oh, really? And they only played twice. Yeah, doubling up. You were there when one of them was. Yeah. Yeah. And why is that? Not because I desperately want to see the Jazz. No. It's because they drafted Devin Booker, and then they got Kevin Durant. Right. And there we go. And they made the big trade for Beal, and they there's did. high expectations. So that 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 speaks to it. You can have that situation, but they've never really had that here. It's been managed. By and large, it's been managed well. And the thing that I like, each time they've gone into the rebuild— They've gone in it, and they've had a plan. And it wasn't change the plan and redo the plan three times. And in four years, you have five coaches counting an interim. Ooh, that's rough. Right. That is the rough part right there. Yeah, they haven't done that. Greg, the rebuilding for the last 25 years. Oh, that's not true. I mean, in a sense, then everybody has. You're, you're constantly building. You're never not building. In the college and pro level, you are constantly building. It doesn't matter if you go 15-0 and 0 in football. You're still building. You're always building. Aaron says he's been waiting since the end of 1998. I'll be waiting forever. If they miss the playoffs this year, this will be the 10th time they've missed the playoffs in 21 years since Stockton and Malone retired. Now, you can argue part of that is, well, Jazz fans got spoiled and the law of numbers. Yeah, well, go talk to Chicago Bulls fans. <laughs> How long have they been waiting also, since that exact time frame? Also, spo- also spoiled by six titles in eight years. Those were the good old days. Right, but those are getting long ways away now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a whole generation of Bulls fans who are like, they're, their parents tell them about that, but they don't, they don't know. They didn't live it. 30-year-old... 30-year-old Bulls and Jazz fans don't remember the 98, uh, the 98 finals. Jay-Z and Ainge have had a year and a half, and they've only made this team worse. We've all heard the it'll get worse before it gets better cliche. However, there's no better in this scenario. We've gone from competitive to bad to worse, Steve says. Yeah. Well, that's the decision that they made. 
I think you have to weigh it against what would have happened if they didn't trade the two All-Stars. Because that's the comparison. So where would we be now? Donovan would be on social media and somebody in Timbuktu, Utah would have taken a shot at him and he would have been gassed and exhausted. Fortunately, in Cleveland, every single person agrees with everything he says at all times. Cool. <laughs> Everybody go to Cleveland right now. Right. And and they're good for them. They're winning. and and But I don't know that he's... I haven't followed it. I don't follow him on Twitter or any of that stuff. I don't do any of that. But I don't know that if he's been as active on social media in terms of what we would consider social justice, whether you agree with him or not. That's not the point whether you agree with him. Uh, as I certainly agree with his right to do whatever he wants to do as far as his desire to speak his mind. I mean, you can't just I agree with you, so therefore I support you. You have to either support the right to do it or you don't. Uh, and they're winning. They're second in the East right now. But is he going to leave? And so would you want that drawn out? And would those two... No, Jazz fans would dread that. They constantly told us that they got along, got along, got along. But the 400th time you tell me makes me realize, well, there's something there. Because you wouldn't keep telling me that it's the stuff isn't true. It would just speak for itself. Truth speaks for itself. You don't have to convince people of truth. What about the scenario where they move Donovan because they know he wants to go to New York and they know he's going to leave one day and they don't want to lose him for nothing and they want to get something for him, so they move him, but they bring somebody back that they can put around Rudy because Rudy seemed content to well, stay. Well, that was marketing. They already did that. And so... They could have had that. That would, That's who it would be. It's not, it's not a. Uh, what would the, the team look like? Is would how would the team look like with Markin and Rudy? Go down that path. It's just impossible to say. And then they could have kept Bogdanovich. My first instinct would be they'd be far more competitive than they are now. Yes. But would they be championship caliber or still hamstrung? Uh, yeah, what is hamstrung, though? Stuck in the 4-5 uh, series going out in the second round. Okay, doesn't 4-5 series going out in the second round look pretty good right now? Uh, it's certainly better than this, but you <laughs> want but you want hope of a title, and there would be, at some point, frustration with that. Why can't these guys why? get to the next level? What? Because people want a title. I, no, yeah, but no, 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 not, not why is there frustration. Why is the, Why are you guaranteed me they'd be stuck in that? Obviously, people want a title. That wasn't the, the why wasn't directed towards that. Why would I naturally assume that they'd be stuck in the 4-5? Because other teams have better players. And Ainge had the same situation, mm-hmm. and he got Garnett and Ray Allen. And they so were they- going nowhere. They were stuck. Other teams had better players. But yet, he flipped cards and ended up with a winning hand. So why couldn't he have done it here? Possibly he could have. Right. So again, why would I assume that they're stuck in the 4-5? I think because that's probably what he thought. Because if he thought he could have done it, he would have done it. There'd be less pain with that than what they're doing right now. I can't speak for what he thought. I have no idea what he thought. He rarely speaks. He does. He rarely speaks. I don't know what he thinks either. But I think from the outside looking in, that's the most I don't know. Logical guess. And you're a Although logical it is guy. A guess. Logic is a big thing for you. Yes. I have no idea. And I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying I don't know. I can't surmise anything. 
He rarely speaks. He'll pat, he said hello to me and patted me on the shoulder last time I saw him. And gone. Yeah. <laughs> hello. Yeah. Out. And that's the way he wants to do it. And that was part of the reason the deal is part of the job. Is Jay-Z gets up there and fine. I don't really care about what he says. I care about what he does. Draft a star. Trade for a star. Move it along. Yeah, but if you you do not, there's no way you draft a star. Okay, because we were just talking about the Suns and Devin Booker's a star, and they drafted him. A future star, but not a star. Devin Booker went five friggin' years without getting even getting into the postseason. Yep, maybe four. Man, eh, but that's the point. The point is. Yeah. The point is when you're drafting 19-year-olds, their ability to come in and dominate in the NBA, right. not good. Magic Johnson, outlier. Well, there's a few. Yeah. And they're just, that's all they are. Outliers. Uh, but even he played two years of college ball. Yep. And that's unheard of. And yeah, he was an all-timer. Sure. Uh, but think about it. How many sophomores in college ball could dominate in the NBA that very season? Nobody. <laughs> there were two guys who are projected, we'll see how it works out, as uh, first-round draft picks on Baylor's team last night, and they couldn't dominate in a college game. Why right. in the world would they come in and right. dominate in an NBA game? doesn't make any sense. So if they're going to go through the draft, you have two choices. Settle in with patience or get out. Doug says three more years. Okay. That, that's a decent amount of time. They, if they're not better, if they're not in a playoff in three more years, then this has been a failure. That'd be five years without the playoffs. Exactly. And currently, there's only one team in the NBA that has suffered through that. And you said that the most they've ever gone was five years? Uh, it was, was four this? and five out of six. Okay, so the most they've ever gone was four. Yes. After the, after the D-Will Boozer era, mm-hmm. they missed one, they went, and they got swept by the Spurs as an eight seed. And then they had... Four years in a row they missed before they, the Gordon Hayward, okay, uh, Joe Johnson, Rudy Gobert, Clipper series, and that's that a won. decent timeline. They it's different people. They did have a change in there from Kevin to Dennis, and they also okay. had a team with a winning record that didn't make the playoffs. But there's a change from them to now. The leadership is yes, uh, completely overhauled. Yes, everything. Ownership, front office. Yeah. But that, I think if three more years, if you're willing to give them three more years, I can see it. It seems like a long time, though, <laughs> when you're going through it. It does. Uh, but in, you know, and I'd have to investigate that, discover the timeline in terms of progression in those non playoff years. So if you got to, so we're in twenty, uh, three, four right now, right? Yep. So if you got to twenty five, twenty six, and you can really see Taylor Hendricks knocking on the door, he's 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 refined an offensive game. Uh, his defense is outstanding. He's blocking shots. He's moving, doing all those types of things that, that an athletic guy with his measurables should be. All right. And the same thing with George. So you're talking about a Hayward timeline without the wanting to leave. Like Hayward was a good draft pick. He Different wasn't kind of player, physically yeah. big enough. 
No, but his timeline. He wasn't physically big enough. Had to add weight, and then he became a starter, and then he became pretty good. And then all of a sudden, there's pictures of him five years later side by side. And you're like, wow, he's put on like 30 pounds of muscle. He's, he's, a, he's got a totally different frame. And he ends up being an all-star, and they go to the playoffs. Now, you want there to be more because he packed up and he left. But if you take that part of the story out, the trend as far as, well, I think they drafted a pretty good guy, and then over two, three, four years, you see the improvement. It keeps giving you hope. And that is basically what pro sports is about. Yeah, but clearly he needs to show significant development. Yep. Hayward was more along, but I think he played two years too, didn't he, in college. Uh, so he had a little I'm bit I'm sure, more. yeah, I don't know if he played two or three. I'd have to he look it up. He had more development. Yeah. I mean, a different player. I don't necessarily know that a totally uh, different player. needs to refine his I'm talking about more. he wasn't ready – when he first came. And you could be ready for not ready for different reasons. I think the Jazz put him in a position to be an all-star. Now, he went and got it, but I think largely it was due to what they had around him in the manner that they did Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I don't know well, it'd that... it would be easier if, to draft if, someone who came in and made the splash. Mitchell I don't made. know if Hayward could have been an all-star just on his raw ability. I believe Mitchell would have been and is. He's a better player. Hence, he came in and made that splash right away. He's a great player. Yeah. No matter what you think of him, he's a great player. I, I mean, I love watching the kid play ball. Great player. Um, Hayward, I think it was. If there is there such a thing as a system all star? I get your point. I don't know if that's it was exactly the right situation the term. for him. He got the ball a and lot. Then once he left, yeah. there hasn't been the right situation, and he's just been a totally yep. forgettable player that made a ton of money. And no one's gonna remember him when he leaves, and no one's gonna. Are they gonna bring him back in the in the uh, you know the '90s thing that we have, or whatever they're doing with Oker? And oh, probably, probably. I don't think so. Oh, really? I would have said they're not bringing D. Will back, but they're bringing D. Will back. Yeah, but D. Will mended the bridge. <clears throat> he did. It was Hayward? Would he be? You know, he's still playing, so I can't say that. But would he be willing to mend mend the bridge? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I should have stayed here. That's all he's got to do. That really is. That's mending the bridge. And then he's good to go. Right. And I think he said it privately, so he might be willing to say it publicly. Oh, I don't know that he said it privately. I do. You got the sources, not me. You'll you'll find out. No, I won't. I think you will. I can't. I'm going to make you. You're the one who's connected. I don't got it. No, you're connected. You've won the awards, buddy, not me. (laughs) You're connected. You've won the awards, not me, man. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. we got to take a break. Got another question coming up for you for all you uh, college basketball fans. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. Mitch Harper, Reed McKSLSports.com, our BYU insider. Spring football not too far away from here. What's going to be priority number one? Is it who's going to be the number one quarterback in spring football? It has to be. That's got to be the focus because, you know, by my estimation, this is the most wide-open quarterback unit since 2002. You know, BYU just doesn't have anyone in the room or the unit right now that you feel like is a future NFL guy, potentially. That's just a new 
new dynamic. And it causes a situation to where it's wide open. And I think that Kalani Sataki said it best, where he doesn't know who's going to be the starter. I think he's really having an open mind going into the spring ball because really none of these players have a pre-BYU resume that says, oh, you better play him or else you're going to lose him. They're all kind of on even footing, and let's see how it plays out. Here, Jake Scott and Ben Anderson every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. The band of the day today is the Doobie Brothers, and it's brought to you by Live Nation for all the live concerts and events in 2024. Check out LiveNation.com. The reason the band of the day is the Doobie Brothers is because we're giving away tickets to see the Doobie Brothers at Utah First Credit Union Amphitheater on August 30th. We will give those tickets away in one hour. So be here at 8.50 if you want to win your concert tickets. PK, ESPN, with a massive story on all the potential baseball expansion teams. I'm surprised it's uh, this big a deal, given the fact they've just laid out the timeline as for a team in the 2030s. Maybe it could be named before the commissioner says he wants to name the two cities before he's done. So in the late 20s, they name the team. And as you say, they like to give you a couple years to get everything lined up before you play. Well, I don't have a subscription, so I don't know what it said. It's not. It's a free story. It's not. Uh, when I looked at it, it was the ESPN Plus. The original one with passing yesterday was under ESPN Plus. This one that DJ's talking about came out, I believe, this morning, and it's got a layout of all the potential. This centers. morning. Yeah. This. I like the emphasis on this. That was cool. <laughs> yesterday morning. This morning. Came gotcha. out at. Gotcha. Came out okay. at five a.m. All right. I haven't seen that one then. Yeah, it's a brand new one. Throws out Austin and San Antonio as a possibility. And when you say throw out, does that mean eliminate or includes? Includes. Because if I throw you it, out, then okay. get out of so here. It, yeah. <laughs> they toss them in the ring. They nominate Austin San Antonio as a possibility. Uh, a combo? That the team would draw from both areas. Depending oh, okay, on where but you're not talking stand. about two it would, different. It would go to talking Austin. About one. Yeah, yeah, they're go like to Austin, 70 miles but, apart. Right, go to Austin, but draw from I've San Antonio. I hitched a ride from uh, <laughs> San kid. Antonio to Austin, and I got one. The biggest obstacle either Austin or San Antonio face in getting a team might be the Houston Astros, who play just three hours away and have a strong fan base in the region. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And that's one thing we've heard about this. Well, Steve Starks told us that. Process is Steve Starks said... There are teams that look at some cities and think, why would we want to vote for that? Charlotte yeah. is uh, is often mentioned. And we're getting but, eight for Denver and six for Vegas. Right. The Atlanta Braves are right down the road from Charlotte. This goes back to the whole thing you've talked about in the East where everything's 90 minutes apart. Well, yeah, and then in a, in a good region of the country, St. Louis just owns it. Yes, and that was actually one of the things mentioned about Nashville, but they also say Nashville is fait accompli when you talk Nashville to Nashville is one of these hot communities. It mm-hmm. was like Atlanta in the 90s or whenever it was. Like Atlanta, people were moving, uh, yeah, well, maybe even before, because uh, my Atlanta wa- in the 60s, 70s, 80s, My and 90s. wife taught at uh, Washington Prep in South Central, and it was uh, all black. All African American school, and, and I've got she coach, and I've got I've showed you the pictures. She's the white shadow, literally the only white mm-hmm. person in the picture on her volleyball team, and they're all African American. It was very cool. It was an awesome experience, uh, and I covered those schools. I covered LA City, and a lot of folks were going. A lot of black folks were going to Atlanta, leaving LA yeah. for Atlanta, and moving. And it was going back to where their recent ancestors had come from. And so that was the hot community 
It, it seemed to be the hot section of the country. Now it seems like Nashville. You hear people moving to Nashville. At least I do all the time. And obviously, you got the country music, and it's uh, the, basically the headquarters. And you know, it's like the country version of Motown was in Detroit in the '60s, right? So it seems like there's just no doubt. Nashville doesn't have to do anything that they're already there. That's the impression I get. It's who else is going to join Nashville. The story says, based on conversations with high-ranking executives within the sport, it seems close to a fait accompli that Nashville will win one right. of the next expansions. I mean, you're dropping the Italian language. That's something that you can understand, <laughs> yeah. you know? Uh, what could stop it from landing a team? They have that for everybody. Nashville's not necessarily close to Cincinnati, St. Louis, or Atlanta, but the major league teams from those cities will probably cringe at the idea of having pieces of their respective fan nation shaved off. Though those yeah. concerns would probably not preclude Nashville you, from you getting a team. pretty marginal there. I mean, wh- what are we going to do? Build an island out in the Pacific Ocean <laughs> for right. the team? I mean, come on. And then, then it's like nobody wants to travel to Hawaii. It's too expensive and too far and too much jet lag. So you got to put up with something. Yeah. Uh, Orlando has mentioned it's a possibility, but they point out the history of the Marlins and Rays. I'd struggling. be hesitant for Florida. Yeah, you know, so many folks moving in there, and they and bring do they get out in fandom, the summer, and they bring their fandom from another city. Uh, but they, they, but do they it? literally leave? Do they go back to the Northeast because the weather's changed at that point? Snowbirds they go so then you way. head out there. I would stay away from Florida. Now, Orlando does have a guy who has proposed to build a multi-billion-dollar venture, like what the Millers have proposed. In here in Salt Lake City, I think that's why that gets them on the list. Sure, but like I Vegas, s- sell a lot of tickets to tourists. Sure, that's we've thought. turned dirt. True. They do mention Salt Lake City. Well, they better don't sleep on Salt Lake City. Oh, we're the city that never sleeps. Which has hosted the Olympics once already is a strong candidate to do so again. The city and the state have built an impressive track record of getting large-scale, community-enhancing projects done with an unusual degree of public and private sector synergy. We rally. Then you got that whole thing, you know, how much billionaires asking the government. Well, it goes on everywhere, doesn't it? They want money, tax breaks, and yada yada. Honestly... I don't understand any of that, so I'm not even going to bother understanding. I'm not even going to bother waving into it. Well, there's a whole thing with the Diamondbacks. You'll probably have some family waiting into it. The Diamondbacks want uh, want to redo the stadium and want subsidies. And well, everybody does. This is a true story. I want a subsidy. <laughs> Go talk to the governor. <laughs> if I can get it, why not? Sign me up. Right. It does mention if the Oakland Athletics were to choose Utah as a temporary home, that might go a long way towards fast-tracking the process. Well, then slide whoever the slide Charlie Finley some money. <laughs> and they talk about Charlie Finley. Nice. <laughs> it's Charlie O. Finley to you. O, 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 o Finley? Finley? <laughs> well, I don't know who owns the A's now. Whoever owns them, throw them a little cash to choose here. John, John it, Fisher. John Fisher. And yeah. it does uh, it does point out that the support for the Jazz and the University of Utah and BYU. And uh, so although the market size may not jump out at you, because market size would be in the lower ranks of Major League Baseball, they talk about how, as a sports community, it out, out punches its weight here. Well, yeah, but you're, you're talking about a, a market size right now. Yes. Well, uh, I mean, you're going to be here for 
I don't know. When do you people think the world is going to end? Well, and one thing that Jeff they Pat- quote Steve Starks about the fastest growing yeah. state, yeah. the youngest oh, state, yeah. with a shovel ready ballpark. I've got a quote from him in the story. And what you mentioned earlier, PK, Nashville is 26th in terms of population and market size right now. It was Salt Lake City 27th. So they're right there in line with one another. Yeah. Well, screw that. Yeah. And all I got to do is get up there Sunday, folks. We need more people. Let's go. Boom. Away you go. Guys like Yak, they'll be taking another five months off for paternity leave. <laughs> Bye. He said, I ain't going to take two weeks off ever. This guy's taking two weeks off every third week. Uh, so all you got to do is that. So where is it going to be in 50 years? 20 years? 25 that years? That is part of the pitch. The pitch? Ah, see what I did there? Clever. <laughs> Wordplay. Nice. Thank you. I want painted on the black, man. <laughs> 95 on the black. All right. Well, you read that ESPN story. Uh, we'll put it out on social media. You can... Take a gander at the other. They they run through a bunch of cities. They point out Portland doesn't have strong ownership. Montreal's got I'd, some stadium I'd issues. I prefer to go to Portland, Maine than Portland, Oregon. <laughs> okay. Who wants to go to Portland, Oregon? Uh, the Seattle Mariners might not be thrilled with the concept. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. Huge night for Cougar and Aggie fans, and we will get to that next. Stay with us.